Hello and welcome to Core. That's right, it's Core. It's Wednesday. It is uh, August seventh, twenty nineteen. Scott Johnson with Bo Schwartz and John Jagger. We're here to bring you another fine episode of Video Gamery, talking about the issues and games that surround us in a modern world. Uh, let's get right to it. Hey, do you guys see that that kid won like three million dollars playing Fortnite, and he was like sixteen? Did you hear about that? It's hard not to. Yeah, like if you <clears throat> if you were paying attention at all. You would have noticed not only was uh, he only 16 and wasn't and, and how much money that is for some 16 uh, year old to win, but also that is more money than Tiger Woods ever made in a competition. So it's any single competition Tiger Woods competed in for golf. The prize pool was never that big. Yeah. So, so that's crazy. Uh, I don't know what that means, except I guess esports are here. Uh, so. Somebody wins. <laughs> um, I mean, he's going to have a pretty good 16th birthday, I yeah. would say. He's probably going to have an okay car. You think he'll... Uh, well, you hope so. His parents get all that money. He's not old enough to get that money, right? Well, I don't know how that works. I, I was curious about those laws because I think it's, it is different until they turn 18. Is there really a law that's like, we surely can't give a kid this much money? <laughs> I think it's there has just to be. irresponsible. And what's the scale? Like, if you have a baby, can you not give a baby like well, $2? I think if you're this the is legal... too much for a baby. What's a baby going to do with $2? Yeah. Well, I think as legal guardians, you get the say on what happens with their money and stuff. Yeah, you're I think not, so. Not I, an autonomous makes... individual till 18. Mm-hmm. All right. I think that's right. Um, here's for, I mean, here's in Canada, a... I don't know how it is with, with you guys in the states, but in Canada, you are not an individual person. Um, I'm reading about another kid. There's some kid lives in Britain. He made a uh, million dollars doing some software thing. Uh, he's only 16. Uh, let's see, Mac bundle box. Um, yeah, even over there, their parents control that stuff until he's old enough. But you always heard these stories, right? Like Gary Coleman from Different Strokes would have all this money. And then his parents mm. controlled it, and then they got they're really bad at controlling it. So by the time he was of age, it was all spent or broken, or investments were in the red, or you know, a million goof ups happened, and so he really had nothing when he turned 18. Um, so you hear those stories all the time. I assume he can't just put it in an account and go, Sweet, I got me a million dollars, and I'm a kid. Get away from me, mom and dad. Like, I, I think, I think legally, I think legally the parents hold that stuff or control that stuff to their. Tell her uh, an adult. So his parents had a really good birthday. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Here's your Lego set. We're going on a drive in our new BMW. We'll see you in a bit, kid. Yep. It's pretty <laughs> Look, crazy. I'm not actually making the statement that a 16 year old knows what to do with $3 million, yeah. but just to kind of look at it from another side, isn't that a little weird? Like your kid makes more money than you probably will in a lifetime. Now, I don't know what his parents do, but probably they're not going to make $3 million anytime soon. Seems likely. Yeah. Like, Seems like that kid probably has it figured out. Seems like that kid probably should have more of a say than the parents. I mean, if it were me and I'm a smart kid, I don't know if I would have been when I was, I know I wasn't when I was 16. If, <laughs> I wasn't either. That's why this doesn't hold water. For yeah. Me. It, <laughs> if you were, if you think about when you were 16, you had that kind of money. I mean, I would, I would think or hope I would have the ability to say, all right, well, this is a big payout, mom and dad. We're going to want to be smart about this, put this in the right kind of trust. And when I'm 18, this all makes sense. And let's get lawyers involved. I mean, when you're 16, you're not thinking of that. You're going, 
I have a boner and my car's cool and that girl's sure pretty and let's go to school. Like you're just not in the right frame, I don't think. Boy, you just summed you just, up 16 you, in like three <laughs> seconds. You can go to the Magic Gathering store and buy up everything. Yeah. You could buy you the store. Blow 5,000. I have the entire Hearthstone collection. Boom. 10 yeah. grand to Blizzard. Yeah. I mean, here's what I would do if I had $3 million and I was 16. Okay. Uh, <laughs> and I, you were 16. Okay. Uh, this is what I hope I'd do. I probably wouldn't do this, but I would, if I controlled the money, I'd buy. A house, not something ridiculous, like something in the 500, 600K range, okay? Decent, big, permanent home. Buy, pay cash for that, all right? So you're not paying anybody interest. Just buy, pay cash for that house. Get a car, whatever you want, and then put the rest in the bank and get, like, some 401K business going and all that. Like, don't go out and party it away because that's what these guys do. Yeah. And... And kid actors are famous for it. They end up being broke, and nobody wants to put them in movies eventually. Once in a while, they get lucky, and you get like, uh, uh, who's uh, who's a good kid? Uh, um, uh, Doogie Howser did all right for himself. Uh, yeah, he's done fine. Who's the, who's the other one I'm thinking of? I just saw on The Boys. Um, he's he's dead people, whatever his name is. Oh, Haley oh. Joel Osment? Yeah, he's, he's in The Boys. He plays Mesmer, and he's very good. Um, and I've seen him some other stuff too, but he, you know, he's getting work and he's doing okay. And I don't know how his parents handled his money. Probably okay. I don't know. But uh, in this particular kid's case, I can promise you this Fortnite will not be the game that it is today forever. Your skills in that game and games like it will deteriorate over time. The smart thing to do, and I hope his parents do this, or in conjunction with his wishes, I hope they do this put that freaking money away and save it. Because this stuff is super ephemeral. Like, I, I'd even give this advice to, like, Ninja. He's not looking for this advice, and he certainly doesn't need it from me. But if I were Ninja, <laughs> yeah. I would take whatever giant gobs of money that Microsoft threw at you to go over to Mixer full-time, and I would put that stuff away. Because the game that you're so good at and popular for, that isn't going to last. Now, you may, be able to, you may be able to parlay your brand into whole other things, and that's awesome if you do. Uh, statistically speaking, though, that stuff can be super tricky and you don't know until you get there. So I would just say big money's great, but freaking the age-old thing, man. Hang on to some of it. Put it in savings. Don't blow it all on hookers and blow. Blackjack. <laughs> uh, so there you go. All right. So anyway, he won all this money. That's great. Well done, kid. Um, he's in the under-18 tournament. I'm a little surprised there is one. But Bo, you were you were, you were talking about how uh, more and more kids being under eighteen or kids in general playing games at this level and making this kind of money, and are all those articles like saying, "Hey, this is a scary thing. We shouldn't have our kids do this," or is it a little more even killed? Or what was your well, takeaway from? Comes that? on the tail is that he's not the only under sixteen in the competition. My understanding is there's quite a few winners, like cash payouts. I think everyone got 50K in that tournament mm -hmm. like as an appearance fee. Right. Didn't matter if you did anything. If you showed up, you got the money. And this is like the world's... I know Fortnite has not yet established a year-long circuit and that kind of thing, but this was um, <clears throat> you know, a very big tournament, and I was shocked at the number of under-18s in here. And it's not the only game that has that, but I feel like, I don't know, I've fallen enough StarCraft 2 and Heroes Esports. You see young guys that are 18 going to college, maybe done school. Uh, the only one I can think of that might have been under 18 was actually Glaurung in mm -hmm. HGC. Mm -hmm. 
but it got me. I'm like, there's all these kids competing, and I'm like, wait a second. Isn't there, don't we have labor laws? Because here's the thing, like, <laughs> if, you're, if you're into playing games and it's some kind of competition, whatever. Yeah. But when we're talking millions of dollars on the line, we're talking about a training regimen to become that good, scrimming for 40 to 80 hours a week, the stress and pressures of sports. And I know a lot of kids go through that coming up into adult systems, but it seems like they're just being fast forwarded into the premier tournament of this particular esport Fortnite. And that did it did. I'm like, this isn't right. This isn't even like child acting where it'd show up on a set and say a few lines. Like, sports is high pressure business. And I was like, this is pretty unethical overall. But you know, <laughs> you know what it is like. It's like the Olympics. Mm. And Are there's there a lot of. In the yeah, lots. Oh, yeah. Lots of really youngsters. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And they oh, go to gymnastics. They go to the uh, uh, Olympic yes. Village and they all they all buy like a thousand condoms and just have sex the whole week. Is what I've heard. <laughs> yeah, well, the, I, I mean, I have opinions. <laughs> Thanks, on Scott. That really helped the point. <laughs> the Olympics aren't aren't really relevant anymore, right? <laughs> well, it's a huge multi billion dollar international event. Yeah, I, I mean, know, but it's for dum dums because. This is what happens in the Olympics. Okay, wait. The chat room's yeah. already asking questions. I that's a true thing. Go look it up. They Yes, they, it is. The here's they, the problem. They bring Scott. buckets you just of get condoms. The equivalent of you know that scene in Austin Powers where they say, look, he's sensitive about his mole. Don't talk about it. And then that's immediately what he talks about. <laughs> like that was just the discussion equivalent of that. It was like, okay, we're talking about A. And yes, you have all this knowledge about B. Yeah. And it's true, you're right. For me, it was more like a for me, it's more of a non sequitur. I'm not even talking about teenagers. I'm I'm just saying anyone in the chat that wants to go look it up, go look it up. Uh, and you will find that they bring buckets of condoms to these places. And for the whole week, all these athletes who are hyped up on all the uh, whatever they're on, and I don't mean they're cheating, I mean like they're just got hormones to the hilt, are all just doing it. Just doing it. Everyone's doing yeah, it. It's a bunch of good looking active people. I mean, I know I think I'd be doing it a lot if I was doing that. <laughs> uh, that's my Just favorite a guess, though. I don't know. Maybe I'd be like too shy. Who knows? I don't know. It's not a situation <laughs> I've ever been in. So no. Uh, no. Nothing even um, like it. But back to the point. I don't have a problem. I don't have a problem with any of this. Like, it's not like it isn't supervised, and it's not like they're being forced to do this. They love playing this. According to the, the we're mom, talking about the sports now, now right? Yeah, back to the, no the esports. Back to the esports. <laughs> okay. So the Pennsylvania teen—that's where all the vampires, American vampires, are—is Pennsylvania. Uh, anyway, his name is Booga or Bugga. Anyway, B U G H A is his nickname. He can't even spell anything yet. His real name is Kyle Gersdorf. Gersdorf. He's oh, 16 years old. He won $3 million last Sunday. And in an interview with ESPN, he was asked uh, what went through his mind when he won. He says, I don't even know that all the hard work I put into this game has finally paid off, he said. They asked his mother, how long does he play? Like, how much does he play the game? And uh, she said her answer was he plays 10 hours per day every day. That's more than a job, right? Like, that's a lot of time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, and again, how does he go to school and play well, 10 hours some, a day? Some jobs. 
Well, I mean, he's got three million dollars. He doesn't care anymore. Okay, well, he doesn't look, care now. He's the kid with three million dollars. There's a reason why we decided we're not going to let kids go to work post the industrial revolution. Yeah, because it's exploitation. And the simple fact is, I know that a game is fun, and the kid will play ten hours a day. Up to the parent to kind of be like, "Well, we want to set you up for the future." Everything you look like an idiot when you win three million dollars, and your parents saying that, but he's the exception. Not the rule. So one million kids are gonna look at this kid and be like, I want to be like Booger. And then they're gonna they're gonna like not make any money and also not focus on the things that matter. I just feel like it it's it's there's I don't have a strong side on it. I kind of don't care, but I kind of looked at this isn't the only example. There's there's a, that phase clan of gaming. I don't know, they seem controversial. I don't know much about them, but they signed a young boy at 16. And now they signed a young 12-year-old girl to their team. And I'm like, you shouldn't be getting pro sponsorship. See, like, if he's just signing up randomly and joining it, like, that's less of a problem. But when you start getting sponsorships and stuff and you're under 18, eh, I think people died for the rights we have today. I just don't. <laughs> I don't. And we shouldn't be doing it for Olympics. Right. And we also shouldn't be doing it for esports. I, I kind of, um, I kind of see where you're coming from. I think because it's video games and because the prime yeah, of your... because nobody respects video games. Well, just kid stuff. not just that, but I think because that's when you're at your prime in the competitive space. Like, you're never, you're not going to get better between the ages of, let's say, 20 and You're not going to get better putting together uh, car, car axles uh, <laughs> than when you're 13 and your little fingers can get in there with the screws. I mean, that's the prime age for manufacturing yeah but that's manufacturing this is playing a video game now there is a limit obviously if you're if you're making these kids play 24 hours a day and they can only get up to pee and eat that's that's a definitely a problem but i don't think this i think this kid was 100 percent. i mean i don't know but i assume he was 100 percent voluntarily 10 hour a day playing Fortnite, which sounds I'm awful sure by the way too. that sounds but awful i Look, I'm pro gamer as you get. I've not, I've played, I think, StarCraft 2 for 18 hours this weekend. Right. I am not one to throw stones or to preach. I just feel like it feels a little unethical. That's all I'm saying. It's, and there's a lot of kids in that tournament, and I don't know. I just, I don't. They all got Even 50 for, grand, though. They Everybody got money for showing up. Not that I money that solves everything. Okay. No, no, no. You know, that's like, not what yeah. I mean. That's not what I mean. What I mean is it's not like there was an expectation of, like with the NBA, you play and play and play and play, and if you get a, if you get lucky and get into a college that then gets you know uh, somebody scouts you out for the NBA, you're like one in a million chance of ever making it in in there, no matter how good you are. Um, there's no guarantee of anything in that world. In this no. particular situation, and maybe that's why they did this, they made sure that the consolation prize was a hell of a prize. Like fifty grand just to show up is awesome for any sixteen year old or otherwise. Um, so I, I don't know. Like, I kind of feel what you're saying. Part of me is like, I'm, like not, I'm not wholly against it or saying like, this is wrong. We should con condemn it completely. I just felt like there are a lot of young people. There's a lot of young people generally getting pro sponsorships and that's becoming news. Mm -hmm. And I don't know. I don't know. I just, I don't think, I think it's one thing if they're playing a game and it's for fun and maybe there's lots of money on the line. I think it's another thing when they're choosing their career well before, you know, they're of age. And I know a lot of these guys still go to school and do the things they love. There's yeah. a lot of stories like that coming out of HGC of, you know, players in the HGC going to college while doing their, their stuff. And and certainly that's good is if you get a scholarship on an NBA team or whatever, you 
are getting an education because maybe and basketball doesn't work out for you. So hopefully whatever you're else you're learning helps you. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It just it, it was like this isn't a good. This isn't good. This isn't healthy. I, anything we we you know, I know that there are underage underage under 18s like at our olympians and gymnastics and stuff like that but even that and someone mentioned beauty pageants like that's all ethically dubious like we have to be very careful of our kids and and that's why it's a joke about child actors they end up messed up because they're put through that so i don't know no i agree it's a it's a freaking meat grinder yeah no question not everybody gets to be freaking opie you know where everyone treats it it was more an observation i want to see what you guys think maybe you're also dealing with people who are signing contracts and things like that and there's definitely something to be said about you know, how familiar and, you know, where are we holding people who are, although it could be another case where maybe parents have to be present in that case. I don't know what the rules are as far as signing a contract when you're 16 or 12. Um, you, well, I know here you can't. So if I, I would, I would imagine that's something where somebody else needs to be present. And, I, and they don't hold up their end and I bring it to court. The judge is going to say that's not an enforceable contract. <laughs> <laughs> I had this. So, uh, well, sorry. Judge, I had a seven-year-old sign this piece of paper that says that when they uh, get older, I can have all of their money. Yeah, they signed it. I thought it was a questionable contract myself, but they signed it. Yeah. Um, and they also drew this picture of a clown on it, so that's yeah. pretty official. I uh, I think that's an. I think it's going to be more and more of a conversation. The more the, the bigger the money is, the more something becomes a a, a bigger topic and spreads to other sectors in in life and it's not just gamers talking about it so maybe this thing rises to the level of oh no we have to regulate this or we have to step in and and look at this you know even though everyone thinks video games are fun that's uh that's more than a full-time job and you know this kid got really lucky what about the other 100 participants who worked just as hard or longer and and they only got 50k and they're just kids and the parents are doing dubious things with the money and you know like there's that all could blow up on people and i think they have to be careful about it but it does represent some kind of weird new high, not high point, weird new plateau for esports in terms of, um, and just in terms of just raw ass dollars. Like, I mean, I know Epic prints money now, but good lord, a, th- a sixteen year old with three million dollars, like, that's insane. I hope his, I hope his parents are responsible and leave him some of it. That's. I hope they're good people because that might be a good thing for him. I just. Could be. Uh, eh. I mean, that's I, the big thing is you just don't want to see people get exploited, right? Like, and and that's that's the thing you want to, like Bo said, you think about the Olympic stuff and you're like, eh, sometimes it gets a little morally dubious when you hear about it, and and I feel like this could go the same way. I'm not saying that this was the case with anybody who was in this tournament, but you can also see how it can go that way, and it's it's new. And, you know, just like when people heard rock and roll music for the first time, and they were like, I've never heard this before. It could be the devil. I'm not sure. I haven't really considered it yet. We're kind of in that same place where we're like, I don't know. We haven't really hit a place where a 16 year old goes out there and plays Fortnite really well and wins three million dollars. It might be something we need to keep an eye on to make sure nobody takes advantage of that sort of situation. Sure. Sure. We're going to have all that stuff. I mean, right now we're in the middle of a do you know, video games make people violent thing again, which I'm happens every 10 years. And I'm, I'm, if I sound like I'm dismissive of it is because I am, it's stupid. And the research suggests the obvious or the opposite, but, um, but this is a, this is a unique new branching part of gaming 
that is tickling mainstream society a little bit. It's going, hey, 16-year-old won a bunch of money. You know, and you can kind of feel it getting talked about and thought about. And you got uh, today, I don't know if you guys saw, but today Nintendo, uh, Microsoft, and Sony all announced that they will start publishing uh, loot box likelihood numbers or, you know, basically the math behind what you're doing so you know what your likelihood of winning what is. They're going to do this voluntarily because there's so much heat and pressure coming from various governments and organizations around the world. Uh, I personally think, like uh, uh, Rocket League did this week, they announced they're dropping loot boxes completely. They're going away. I think that that's going to be more and more common. Anything that's currently steeped in a loot box system, I think is going to chuck them. I think Overwatch's days of a loot box game are limited. Uh, It's possible that two just eliminates them altogether, but it might even be possible that one does it beforehand. I think heroes could stand to lose it. I think all of these games have better opportunities with something like a battle pass. Those have proven to be a more profitable and be more consumer friendly. Cause you know exactly what you're getting when you spend it. You're not, not random. You're yeah. not rolling the dice yeah. or pulling the lever. You're, you're literally saying, here's my 10 bucks. And for the next season, whatever that season is, let's say it's a month or whatever. I can see this timeline of everything I can get and unlock. And I know what I have to do to get it all. And because I'm paying, I get access to more of it and more frequently than if I didn't. Like, it's very clearly laid out. And you can buy tiers, too. So if you get to the end of the season and you're, I don't know, they do this in Magic. If you're at 56 and want to lock to 100, you can just pay to unlock the whole way. Right. And I think that that's... It's still not random. Right. 100% not random. I think that those are those are valid and validated ways to do that and to monetize your free-to-play marketplaces and games now and i think that stuff's just going to keep popping off people are going to dump them like rocket league dumping that's actually kind of a big deal and i think it sets a precedence and i think others are going to follow um but also companies are sort of like well all right we'll publish numbers or whatever um that's all just kind of taking care of itself it's a self-correcting problem i think or it's 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 turning out to be um and we'll probably see similar things happen with how young you should be in an esports tournament, what constitutes overwork or child labor law breaking, or all those things are going to come to light. Whether, whether they're you know, some of it will be sensationalized and stupid and and baity headlines, and some of it will be actual research. I, I hope for more of the latter, obviously. But uh, who popularized loot boxes? Where did this really start? Um, the most popular example probably was probably was Overwatch, right? I mean, I, I mean, I can't think that of was definitely mainstream, but Dota 2 was before Overwatch and oh, Dota 2 true. had loot boxes. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out how this started. Like, there was a point in our gaming history where this seemed like a good idea. Well, and that's the thing is I think it started with good intentions, essentially. Like you can see where the mechanic, someone sitting down and saying like, hey, we want you to play this game over and over again. And we want to give you something for that. But we we don't want it to be, oh, I want X. So I played and I got it, and now I'm done playing. We want something that that keeps you coming back because for multiplayer games, having more people means better games, means more games, means we stay relevant. Let's put in this mechanic where who knows what you'll get, and it'll be exciting, and maybe you'll get something cool, and you know, there's so much stuff we can do with it. But like a lot of things, good-natured how it might begin, it didn't necessarily stay that way. Right. And now we're getting to the point, and, and honestly, to tie it back to to what we're saying, I think that's our point with young people playing in video game tournaments and all of that. Because I can see the chat and I see people being like, would this matter if he was older? I'm by no means saying that, you know, 
16 year olds or people under the age of 18 can't win money or can't play video games. But I am saying that the younger you go, and I would even argue that I was plenty stupid at 18 too. Uh, but the younger you go, your ability to make good decisions for your life uh, on your own is harder and harder to do. Of course. And it's easier and easier for people to take advantage of you sure. than those at those ages. And we're in territory where there's not rules and regulations and a lot of people checking in to make sure that that's not happening. Mm. So I let all the 16 year olds win $3 million. Actually, that would probably turn the world upside down. But, you know, let people go and pursue whatever they want. I'm fine with. It's just the kind of thing that you do need to keep an eye on to make sure people aren't getting taken advantage of, because that's exactly what happened with loot boxes. It started as a fun gameplay mechanic. And it eventually turned into here's how we take money from players. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you were you were close. I looked it up on Wikipedia. It was Team Fortress Two, actually. That's, well, I have an even earlier Wikipedia one. You want, to, you want to hear the early one? The early one, according to what I found, I found a whole article on this PC Magazine published so well ago. Zynga and Facebook pages. Well, they claim. All right, so they talk about analog stuff, and they talk about Magic: The Gathering and baseball cards and all that kind of stuff. But when they jump to video games. <laughs> It says they identify the Chinese free-to-play MMO ZT Online from 2006 as the original pioneer. Uh, according to a book called Red Wired, uh, it cites ZT Online's innovations, virtual treasure boxes, which may contain in-game items worth more than the cost of the box itself, and allowing players to hire in-game substitute players, which let them raise their characters' experience levels without actually playing. Um, but the former there about the boxes, they may have been the first. And then really mobile is a giant mess. But TF2 is the big mainstream, hey, I know that game example. That's where it started, sorry, in North America. Right, right. Fair fair enough. That's really where it went. Yeah, I mean, that's it, what it says here. I left that part out. It's in North America. There there was other examples prior to that. But right. Overwatch is credited with making it like a mainstream. Uh, by the end of this article, now they're talking about, yeah, this is it's actually pretty interesting because they're talking about Every weird little freaking iteration of this, including mobile stuff. But anyway, I think that it's, I mean, it's not just got a bad reputation now. I think it's got actual movement to like get rid of this stuff. So, yeah, I uh, think it's one of those things where it seemed like easy street. Like you start doing it and you're like, hey, we're making a ton of money. This is great. And then that, that wears off. Yeah. <laughs> well, and there's a very real problem behind it that still needs to be solved. And, and maybe this new method will do it. But, you know, Overwatch wanted to give all of its heroes to players for free. And they wanted to make sure that if they did a new map, everybody got that for free. Mm -hmm. And they didn't want to put out new expansions that people had to buy constantly. And they wanted to support the game, which means basically having a full team as if you're a studio in development all the time. How do you pay those people? Right. If somebody pays $60 and they're done, how do you pay those people into year two, into year three, so on and so on? You have to have a way to make money ongoing. And loot boxes, again, I think it started innocent enough. This is a great way for us to continue to make money so that we can pay people, so that we can give players a good deal, which is they don't have to buy expansion packs. They don't have to buy heroes. They don't have to buy maps. All these things they're used to having to pay, we can supplement this way. Mm -hmm. But... Other companies got a hold of it. And that's not to, I, that makes it sound like I'm saying Overwatch did it right and everybody did it wrong. There's certainly questionable practices on Overwatch's side too. But 
it starts as an altruistic idea. Everybody piles on, everybody sees the money, and then suddenly you're in the situation we're in. And if you get rid of that, you still have the problem of how do we keep these live games going and pay the people behind it? Because as mad as we might get about, I hate buying loot boxes, I still don't think any of us who are being reasonable want to see a bunch of people lose their jobs. Right, of course not. I wouldn't. I remember when subscription fees were what that was for. Yeah. Well, I mean, they still, in yeah. some ways, they still are. The This incredible resurgence of, of Final Fantasy fourteen, not resurgence, just, you know, it's kind of the hot thing right now. Um, that's still a subscription-based MMO. Um, subscriptions, and I would argue that, that battle passes are subscriptions. They're just, I, actually, if anything, the player has more control over them because they can just do one and never think about it again and not forget that they're signed up and have it automatically bill them when they weren't looking. Like, in some ways, I think it's even a more fair way of doing subscription-like payments for for games. Um, I I was going to... I had a point about that. What was my point going to be? It was a good one. And I can't remember it. Oh, I know what I was going to say. I'm going to go out on a limb here and say the credit for the original loot box actually still resides at Blizzard Entertainment and in the hands of the creators of Diablo and Diablo 2. And the reason I say that is the concept of how it would work, meaning a chest full of cool things that I click on and it opens and gives me rad shit. And every time I do it, it'll be something new and different. And even the gold I get won't be the same amount. It's always a surprise down in the dungeon there in in Diablo. I think that concept is what bled over into the real world. Okay, now you're going to buy loot boxes and stuff's going to be in here thing. So I'm going to still give Blizzard credit at the end of the day. For the for the terrible for a thing that most people are mad about right now. I mean, I know D and D. You're had, gonna give them that one. <laughs> I mean, D and D had like you know why, but it's misused. In other words, like it's not. I'm not blaming them. I'm just saying it's a concept that just works so well. Like kind of like uh, our RPG progression has changed shooters forever since uh, freaking uh, uh, Modern Warfare Four or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Call of Duty Four, Modern Warfare changed them forever. Why? Because they said, hey, what if we took these progression mechanics that have been in RPGs forever and let's stick it in our shooter? Oh my gosh. Whoa, this changes everything. And it did. It really did. And still to this day does. You could argue that loot boxes are an extension of that in some ways because you're leveling up these characters. And we used to just fight in arenas and then end the game and start another one. We never did this stuff back in the day. So so in a way, it's like they've taken RPGs are the source of all good and evil in the world. That's what I'm saying. No, they've they've taken certain elements of RPGs and exploited people. They're ca- they're ca- they're chaos neutral. All RPGs <laughs> because they don't care. Man. They're, they're just chaos and stuff. But at the same time, they're not they don't have they don't picking winners or favorites. They're just like look at all the cool shit we have and all the rest of gaming went ooh and figured out a way to like gouge people with it. Remember the first oh. horse armor, the first DLC, the first all that stuff. That's all coming out of RPGs, man. Telling you, armor. I mean, <laughs> I, I remember say- buying Grand Theft Auto San Andreas and thinking, "Oh my gosh, they they made Grand Theft Auto a role playing game." Yeah, like, kind of. That that was wild. It was. Do you want to go eat food? Get fat. Do you want to work out? Get buff. Like, make sure you get your stats all where you want them. You know, because it's going to affect your game plan. I was like, "Oh my gosh, I'm playing an RPG." The thing, the nerdy thing I was into is now suddenly the mainstream thing. It's yep. weird. Yeah. Now it's in football games, and now it's in shooters, and 
It's in everything. Yeah, it's the thing that used to not people weren't shunned, but they were. You were in the nerd category of gamers in the '90s if you played RPGs. You were just in a different place, and that was great. And whether or not you played D and D or any other tabletop stuff that led to it, in the '90s, if you played RPGs, you were playing in a in a walled off, fenced off area that was meant for a very special kind of player. And everything else was just twitch shooting and guns blazing and arcade this and that. And then along comes, I think what happened is a lot of those nerds grew up and became developers and publishers and game makers themselves. And they injected everything with it. And now it's the most mainstream thing for everything. Go go download any of the top 50 uh, mobile games. John would never do this as an as a actual request, so I'd never ask John to do this. But if you had to go and download the most popular 50 mobile games currently on mobile i guarantee you that easily 45 of those are gonna have either straight up rpg obvious rpg mechanics like that new raid game or any of these kind of like turn-based whatever things or you know uh anything supercell makes or any of that stuff they're gonna have all of that at the very least though they're gonna have character progression and if you get enough cards those combined to upgrade your character and spend gold to make it to the next level like all of that stuff is just so permeated now that it's kind of shocking that we went yeah. from nerd cave rpgs what the hell are those to it's in everything it's just infected everything and i don't mean this in a negative way i love it i think it's amazing no, it's great yeah it but it is weird that you can say uh hp to somebody and they go, yeah, hit points. Like they know it. It's just weird that that's something somebody knows. Yeah. And uh, it's cool, but it's weird. Or XP or. Um, yeah, XP. Uh, and that's the other thing. Like the concept of leveling up nowadays, like if you have a video game where you don't level up in it, like that's weird. Like there are weird. people that, that probably hear you say this and are like, well, yeah, if you include leveling up as a mechanic. Video games didn't used to have leveling up in them unless they were an RPG. Right. Like it just didn't exist. It was it was not a thing. If you played a football game, you played to win the football game and you either won it or you didn't. You didn't get anything for it except you could turn to your friend and go, I won it. Yeah, that's totally like, true. That, that was it. And now you can go play a full career mode in the most popular soccer game in the world. And the whole thing is about leveling up a character and a team and a franchise and adjusting numbers when you level those like it's all it's rpgs it's putting points into your stats it's kind of ridiculous and i kind of love it but also like i say it's chaotic neutral it doesn't care that it has also inspired a lot of really crappy ways of creating monetization in these later days so i mean i know we've turned this kind of into old people talk about the way things (laughs) used to be for a segment but I still, to this day, it was the sweetest thing. And it was just the moment where I was like, oh, we live in a different world than the one I grew up in was I was having dinner and behind me, it was an old couple, uh, much, much older than me, just the sweetest little old man and woman sitting next to each other having lunch. And the man looks at the woman and just completely genuine. What was the name of the stones that Thanos is trying to get? And she said, <laughs> Infinity Stones. And he goes, that's right. And I was like, what is this world where yeah. that's what they're talking about? That's amazing. That's incredible. That's but pretty good. Th- this is the world we live in. Like, mm-hmm. now, it's, it's insane. Yeah, it's great. It's pretty great. The nerds won. Now we just need to be good stewards and not be dicks. That's the trick. 
Don't exploit these kids to bring it back around. Hey, all the adults in the room, try to be responsible about this. That's all I'm saying. And I think that's Bo, yeah. Bo's point as well. If we can kind of ensure that self-regulate. Well, no, my point was more that I don't think kids should be competing on a pro level. Well, <laughs> but, I mean, but, they, yeah. but they're gonna no matter what. That you can't stop unless you're going to have some explicit thing that says. I guess this is where we had the our, our, cultural barriers come in because yes we can't stop it <laughs> like well, that's what our government here would do well anyways. no you're right you can but but are they though <laughs> i don't think it matters if they came from canada or america or wherever they were in this tournament whether they well i mean i mean it operates in the should. states so it's you guys i'm and we have like the gymnasts who are you know it's not that i don't know it's just that someone needs to look at like if they're just competing at an event it's fine but if they're professional esports players whose job they have a job to go play esports. That's another thing. I think that's shouldn't. I think oh, that needs no, to be looked man. at. And I had a, I knew a just... kid when I was 16 who had a Ferrari. Whoa. And I was like, how the hell? It's because he got involved in understanding technology and computers before most of the country was there. And he worked a job when he got off of school where he went and he did computer maintenance and repair. And between being a kid who didn't have to pay for a house or bills or anything like that and could just save every bit of money he had and working after school uh, every day between that and at whatever level of help his parents gave him, that's what he bought. Yeah. And that was pretty cool. And he didn't feel exploited. He felt like the kid who had a Ferrari. <laughs> okay. I, yeah. And I'm not saying, yeah, look, any situation where your example is a positive one puts the argument to moot. Right. But the reason we have those ethics are not because of the positive stories. Right. I think I think you have a good point. I, I really do. I just think it's so early it's hard to tell. Like we really haven't had one of these yet. This is like the first one where this has oh, been these I age groups. I think most esports require an age of consent or uh, I guess parental okaying of it. I, I don't know. I, I just I, I feel like I, I see young people in esports events all the time, but I just feel like I'm not hearing about 16 or younger getting sponsorships in esports, and I don't know if I, I think that'll this will probably be the norm because I think there still is a lack of respect overall for what gaming is, yeah, and a lack of understanding about what players like for like average you know politicians and people who make decisions probably don't know how much work goes into being it. Just looks like fun and games, so probably will never really reach that level of regulation i think they just rather ban games altogether mm. so but it just struck me i'm reading a lot of articles about a lot of kids and i'm like yeah uh, it's not i don't it didn't feel right to me so it's, well it's, as a parent of three of them all of which are now old enough to decide what they want to do uh if they had been if nick was like some phenom Fortnite player at age 16 let's just you know let's just pretend pretend he was 16 it was only three years ago um, would I, how would I feel about this? And it's a really good question. Like, I kind of have to look I at mean, it through those lenses. I don't just know. play sports all the time and get up early for practice. Usually if your kid's into sports and they're waking up early to go to practice, you're supportive of this for the most part, right? Yeah, because, but they're think, also doing something super healthy for themselves. They're also learn, learning team they're play. They're competing they're, a lot. Like I, I, ha I know hockey moms and, uh, who go to all their kids games and they're competing all weekend and they're sick of driving their kids everywhere around the province, but that's what the kid wants to do is play hockey. So like, I get that it's there, but I'm just like, we're talking about, this is the premier 
to me, like if it's a Fortnite world champion, they're million dollars on the line. This is like NHL tier. This isn't farm league or young person league. It's just very like we went from A to B very quickly. And that doesn't seem correct. Yeah, I think there there will probably be some. It's probably fine. It was just a thought. Um, well, I, again, I don't want it to be too much on the curmudgeon side either, because I'm like, That's no, cool it's it's a good point. It's a good thing to bring up because I think another wrinkle to that, because you're right, like it, it's different between if Nick went to Scott and said, Dad, I love basketball and I want to just play basketball. And I hope that if I keep practicing and get really dedicated to it, maybe one day I'll go play in the NBA. Like the key there is one day in the NBA, right? Like in theory, he goes through high school. In theory, he goes to college and then gets drafted out of college. Right. But also, typically, most of the people who are the best at esports are younger. It trends, it trends younger. And as you get older, you you know, we're already over the hill as far as far as that goes, mm-hmm. as far as the average age goes. Mm-hmm. So there's a good chance that Nick comes to you, Scott, and says, uh, I really want to do this. This is what I want to do. I want to do professional esports, and I don't have long to do it. If I don't dedicate myself to it now, it's not like I can say, oh, well, when I'm done with college, I'll get good at mm-hmm. it. Yeah. He... What do you what do you say to that? Do you say, well, no, I'm sorry, college is too important you don't get to pursue this or do you say you know what you're right work on this now i'm glad you brought this up because the scenario uh, is a sensible one if it happens when he's 16 or 17 i say you don't get to make decisions like this till you're 18 or 19 now that he's 19 just turned 19 and he can't if he came to me and did that i would probably say well just so you know, that takes a ton of planning and you got to know what your goals are going to be and how you're going to maintain things between now and then. If you're playing 10 hours a day, you're not working, so you're not making money. Like there's all this, you know, stuff you'd be, you'd be risking for this. Got to be super serious about it. But at the end of the day, he'd have to make his own choice. I'm not going to tell him one way or the other. I might advise him, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to tell him not to. Um, Even if I knew in my heart of hearts that it wasn't going to work. Part of me would want to see him experience that and see for himself rather than 10 years later go, I wonder if I could have, and I should have tried or whatever. So I, it, but there's a clear difference between when he's together to play the same game for 10 hours a day. Right. Right. Not different games all the time. Like you're playing this game until you're sick of the game and then you're playing it some more. And then when you want to commit suicide because you're so sick of playing the game, you play more. You play more of it. Yep, you that's what you're doing, and and that's the side of esports that doesn't get all the glamour and talked about. Is that most of these guys play the game? That play those games are like they're done with it like years ago. They have to they have to play that game. Yeah, they kind of even some of the popular streamers. I feel bad for them because a lot of them are forced to play, not forced, but they you know if they if they just go have a wild hair and go, you know, I really just would like to play. I don't know, harvest moon for the next four hours. It's not going to go well. I mean, that you know, you'll probably still retain a lot of your people, but they came there to watch you play a battle. No, there, Royale there's or whatever. Numbers drop, drop when they don't play their game. I've seen that come up in articles a lot. Like a lot of streamers who are known for being a professional at game also can't stream their game, other games too much mm-hmm. because that impacts their streaming income as well. Yeah. It's pretty weird. So, but, but in the case I knew of this, somebody who went through this, they, they got big on, a flash in the pan thing. Mm-hmm. They were like, "Oh, I really like it." Was Pokemon Go? They were like, "Oh, I like this. I'm going to stream it because I think that'd be fun." They got big, 
And then all of a sudden it was, that's all they can play. And then they got into Fortnite, but their audience was Pokemon Go players. And so it was just like, I have to play this game and I hate it. And yeah. they, they did. They hated it. And they felt compelled to do it until eventually they decided, you know what? I care more about playing the games I want to play than I do streaming. And I'm going to switch over. And if an audience comes with me, so be it. If they don't, so be it. Fine. Yeah, it's exactly the attack I would take. I would tell Nick that, too. I would say, look, 10 hours a day in game game of your choice. This, these are the things that that means. All of that said, you're 18. You can make your own decisions. You should totally do this if you want to do it. And if you don't, you don't have to. Here's how I feel about it. But go ahead. It's like I've always said about like tattoos or something like I wouldn't get one. But go ahead. Like, I can't tell you not to do it. But when you're 16 and you're saying, I want to play a game for 10 hours a day and I want to be a competitive player and I'm going to go win $3 million, I would probably be a little more wary for all the reasons Bo's laid out and others on top of that because I happen to think that a 16-year-old is in no position to make really important life decisions yet. And so... Do your homework, go to school, do your homework, and when you're done, if you have energy, play Fortnite. Yeah. And that's how we're going to manage this. But you're going to do your... We have school for a reason. People died so that kids could go to school instead of go work in the factory making axles. Like that's, we don't appreciate these things now, but like, you know, we have unions and we have rights as workers and as citizens to an education for very good reasons. And so it's all good if a kid wants to hang out in a tournament one week, but if we're talking pro circuit stuff, we are sending the wrong message. My, uh, my streaming matter if you're at your best at esports at 16, you shouldn't be doing it if it comes at the cost of anything. Yeah, I agree. I, my streaming numbers go way high when I play scary video games. But I could the look at that and go, and oh, I should build on this and just do nothing but scream it at a screen while, you know, scary things happen. What if I told you for the next, <laughs> if you did that for the next 10 years, you would net $3 million overall? $3 million in 10 years? Yeah. T- tell me five and I might be on board. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, five ten, of games much. you don't enjoy, then it becomes worth it. <laughs> you don't know 10. unless you take the risk, Scott. I think you got to try. I think goes <laughs> on to something here. I mean, this is what you do. You evaluate your chances compared to all other factors. The answer is probably no. I'll find out another way to try to do that. But see, exactly. You need to find out where your passion lies. You would be a very entertaining, pure, scary game streamer. Right. Nobody wants to watch me play a scary game because I just laugh and I get the giggles when scary things happen. Right. You uh, shriek like a banshee <laughs> and it's very entertaining for everybody yeah. and everybody has a good time. But I don't think you would enjoy your life of doing nothing but streaming horror games. Mm-hmm. And I think you weigh, you know what? I like where I'm at with what I do. I don't need to trade that for potentially something more for something I'm not going to like as much. Plus, people get sick of this. Well, that wasn't very loud. Sorry, let me do that again. That wasn't very loud. didn't need to do it. (laughs) The the other thing that's true that I believe about this as well is someone pointed out in a chat, and it's like like my dad's in the chat room. Because my dad's always like, your generation, man, all they want to do is sit at home, watch movies, play video games, throw everything out, and work in offices. The trades right now are like paying a premium because they cannot get a single person in the first world of any talent or skill to work in that workforce. Yeah. They are paying so much money if you wanted to get into HVAC 
right now. Oh my gosh, <laughs> whatever. Dude. My, like, my brother-in-law, you, my brother-in-law's in the is is in. Well, he got a he got an actual degree in construction, which I didn't even know you could do. But so he gets a lot of the really good high up jobs running construction stuff. But they make so much freaking money because they yeah, never. We're not have talking about people. labor. We're talking yeah. about specialized. We need people with brains yeah. and brawn to do like smart, like electricians, sure, plumbers. Yeah, electricians do really well yeah. right now. And I, I have that legacy. I come from a HVAC family myself. Yeah. Um, and I turned it down. And my Wait. dad's always like, we're making so much money right now. What's an H- What's your- HVAC? What does that mean? Uh, heating, ventilation, air conditioning. Oh, okay. I thought it was an actual vacuum, like an HVAC. No. Yeah. Industrial yeah. HVAC. So not like, I mean, Real you have people HVAC. who go for your home, but yeah. like industrial, like heating and ventilation, all that kind of stuff are like huge multi-million dollar systems in all these buildings that yeah. need people to work on them. <laughs> so... It's a dirty job. I did it as a teenager for a few years. Speaking of child labor, in the summers, I would work as a laborer for my dad's company. Yeah. Mike Rowe, he tried to tell us all. He yeah. wouldn't listen. Wouldn't listen. It's like when Ibbett's dad, Ibbett's dad's like a famous cancer uh, uh, physician, surgeon. And he just wants nothing to do with <laughs> with any of that. Doesn't want to be a doctor, never did. And uh, I think there was some of that, too. Where it was like, wow, well, I, mean, I want to be a Fortnite pro. Something yeah, I want, to, I want to be really I'm, good I'm what it looks like when you don't win $3 million. Ah, <laughs> uh, whatever. Like me. That's not true <laughs> at all. All right, here's me screaming one more time. It was pretty funny. I did this with John. Oh, my gosh. I did it with my stump. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember that? When the, when the, uh, it was right after you lose your hand in Resident Evil 5, and you got the bloody stump, and I remember punching her doing something where I won with my stump. It was great. I did it with my stump. Yeah, it was awesome. Anyway, all right. Well, that's uh, pretty much all of that. Let's do this now. Let's talk about a new hero coming to the Heroes of the Storm, because we're going to be playing this later, and we're pretty excited about it. Uh, her name is Kira, right? Yep. Spelled Q-H-I-R-A, but you can say Kira is the way of saying it, like Major Kira from Deep Space Nine. Bo reminds us. That's a good good reminder. Uh, I picked her up this morning for... Uh, I didn't do the bundle. I don't know why. Just wasn't in the mood to spend 20 bucks. So I spent five because <laughs> uh, I had enough other gems to combine with a $5 gem buy and uh, picked her up. And she is great. She's great. She's got this big segmented sword and uh, does all kinds of wacky shit. And I think she's super awesome. And I haven't played her in a real game yet. So maybe I'll get my butt handed to me. But uh, I think she's pretty great. So, Bo, I know you spent time with her. You've been in some games today. Your takeaway from Kira, the lady with the sword that comes apart. Probably overtuned. That's probably why she's great, first of all. Mm. I, I took a full health leaming to death with a rotation. <laughs> like that. Probably shouldn't happen. That <laughs> rotate thing where it goes around strange. her all the way around. Well, no, I mean like with the full button rotation. So oh. not even the alt. I just eat her, cued her, and W'd and did a couple auto attacks, and she was done. It was over in two seconds. Wow, that's not. So good. I think she's a little busted on that front. And they'll be fixing her soon. Mm. Uh, but she's super cool, and it's really neat swinging around people. And but that's about it, though. At the same time, I mean, she's the second. Ori- <laughs> she's the second original character in the Nexus. Uh, she's the- very cool, flavor wise. I think so too. Although there's not a ton of story being told outside of her intro video that she did uh, last week, or they did last yeah, week. We don't. 
we don't need as much story as we think we do, right? I mean, they were gonna no, go crazy though, right? They were gonna. They had all. <laughs> I think the less the less you tell, the more you invoke. I don't. I don't need to know who her family is or anything like that. I, I'm I on that know. side of things. I want to know what her dog's name was. It's yeah. like there's some people who are just pissed that Quentin Tarantino never made a movie that showed what was in the box of Pulp Fiction. That's true. He never did. What's the lore of the box? Everybody I need to understand to what's in the box in order to appreciate this movie. And well, like, it was a briefcase. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> briefcase is full of shiny stuff. No one ever knows. By the way, I was just thinking of something. You know, where I'm always talking about how Tarantino likes to look at people's feet in his movies. And there's always some lady feet all the time. Whoa, whoa. Look at what? Sorry. People's feet. He loves <laughs> no. feet. He films okay. people. Sorry, oh, we... no, the Discord just cut out a bit. You know, he likes to look at people. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> no, it's feet. The feet. He likes yeah. feet. So he's always got. He likes uh, feet. Yes, longingly shot feet he's a foot guy he likes the feet and that's fine whatever whatever turns your your honk your horn i don't care but here's the thing i thought that was true all throughout all the movies and it's not uh it's all of them but hateful eight nobody's got their feet out once not one time it's freaking cold not only well, that also- but it's all, it's just a bunch of dudes in there and one lady and she's it's not- the Wild West, too. Everyone's got, like, warts and keloids on their feet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. But, man, that the the the, the director's cut uh, mini-seriesification of that thing on Netflix, the way they've done that, I don't know if you guys have noticed that or seen that, but they took Hateful Eight. I want to watch it. Yeah, yeah. it's great, dude. It's a great way to watch that. Like, a, first of all, it's extended, yeah. so you get an extra stuff. But not so much extra stuff that it stands out. You know, sometimes a lost scene gets put in and it's like, what the hell is this? You know, it doesn't feel like that. I feel like it's little pieces <laughs> tagged on that are that are I mean, part of stuff you've seen. Quentin Tarantino's movies are literally just people talking for an hour. I mean, kind of, <laughs> like, yeah. Scene one, yeah. <laughs> one hour of film. It kind of is, time. you know, interdispersed with like crazy and it's great it's not a criticism it's great oh it's incredible stuff but i love that and i already liked it but i really like it in this form i ended up watching the whole thing again i really liked it so you guys good it's a really good movie yeah i like it i I enjoy the heck out of that it might be mm, might be my favorite oh whoa that's a bold stance it is a bold stance i can see that because i I like all of it i like it all but i think that one's really standing out it's also subtle there's a lot of subtleties where Tarantino isn't really that subtle, I think. Yeah. My my favorite thing about that movie is how quickly and how boisterously everyone gets the second that door is open for like <laughs> half a second. Dude. Just like <laughs> immediately they just explode at a 10 about closing the door. I'm it's so amazing. glad that you brought that up because my favorite thing has to do with the door as well. And it was that JB guy, whatever his name is, who they kept talking into going outside and taking care of stuff. Every time he'd come in, he'd go, this door is a whore. And he just tried to like slam it shut. <laughs> and he just kept calling that door a whore. And I was la- oh, I'm laughing so hard, dude. Oh my gosh. I really love that. Anyway, I think after seeing this, this chunked up version, I think I might, I think I'm on the side of that might be my favorite, but it was just the, and it's also a Western. I'm a sucker for that. You know, all the things I like are in it. So I it's a snowy western yeah. so i'm actually totally all in on the setting too yeah like i love it it's amazing it's like i i really enjoy it it's got walton goggins in it yeah, he's that really gets good. points right there he's so good uh, oh he's really good in this yeah oh my yeah. god he's, he's good in, the whole time he was good like, in django as well he was in that he's as kind well. of a good guy Shit. yeah and i really like django also for similar reasons but django's really good yeah i think my 
I think my big winner is Hateful Eight. Hateful Eight feels like his most movie movie. Uh, yeah, it doesn't feel like there's a... The only thing that jumped out to me as like an anachronism was there was like a modern song in the movie version midway mm-hmm. through. But everything felt like there was an effort to put things in the time and the place. Yeah. Whereas, you know, like Inglorious Bastards, it just gets weird. It right? gets very yeah. weird. You know, yeah. it's just like, it, this isn't historical fiction. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is just Tarantino weirdness. This is Pulp Django this is, pulp pic- is like that, yeah, too. Exactly. And that's true kind of across the board for most of his movies. However, uh, this one they hired that... Maura Coney or whatever his name is the the yeah. uh real is he dead now I think he died anyway okay. did the soundtrack for it he did uh all those old spaghetti westerns in the 60s so it's got like this great you know legendary dude on it the only thing that gets weird in there for me and it's not that weird and I kind of like it so this isn't a complaint but I like when he he narrates it so at one point there's no narration through the whole movie and then suddenly Tarantino's narrating it like out of nowhere yeah. he's going Domagu noticed what's his bucket put poison in the coffee while nobody else was. Oh, it's just so good, dude. I just want to watch it again now. I really love it. Anyway, why was I talking about that? Kira, because Kira is awesome. <laughs> Kira's in Heroes of the Storm. And she's in Heroes of the Storm. <laughs> All right, uh, Enyo Morricone is not dead. Sorry, thank you, chap, for the update. He's alive and well and a thousand years old and well and good. Good on him. Keep going. Uh, anyway, uh, the of course. She's. I think she's really awesome. She might be overtuned, like you say, but she's got a really fun kit. She seems like uh, she's going to be a riot. Sound effects on it are very special. They're really good. Um, clearly, a lot of thought gone into her, except for story. John might argue. However, uh, the community, of course, freaking out, saying the original heroes are stupid and people are just hating on it for that reason. Uh, I think that I. Here's what I don't understand about that. I understand the idea of getting an original hero and not being immediately drawn to it, or not being sure that that hero has the same heft with you that some Blizzard IP thing has had for you for 20 years. I get all that. I don't think that's a thing. Nobody should be surprised that some people feel that way. Where I have a problem is that they do they, they throw out this hate as if they're never going to get another Blizzard IP character ever again. Or that the roster isn't already stacked full of them. Like, Really? Like, is it that big a deal that you had her and that maybe that means a little bit of time before you get freaking Deathwing or whatever thing you're begging for? It'll be fine. You'll get your characters from the IPs just like you always wanted them. Quit. I don't understand that hate. It was beyond my brain to capacitate why they do that. I mean, you'd understand it maybe if the next 12 heroes were original heroes. Right, but they're not going to be. There's no way. Uh, right? I mean, the game is marketed... Because I didn't get it at all, but then I had to reflect on it. And I'm like, well, the game is marketed as a nostalgia brawler. For some people who didn't care that it was a MOBA, but just cared that it was a fun Blizzard game to play, that's the pitch. It's always been the pitch, right? So I think that's just what people want, and they don't want anything else from it. It's too bad. Dr. Jerry Tolbert in the chat room, he's a real doctor, by the way, says, haters gonna hate. I take his doctor opinion. He's right. There was a there was a Marvel game called um, I think it was called Marvel Avengers Rise of the Imperfects or something like that. It was a fighting game. And uh, the whole idea was that you had Marvel heroes and you had this new group of people called the Imperfects that they were fighting against. And, uh, you know, much in the vein of uh, we got a lot of Marvel versus Capcom and, you know, DC fighting games all over the place. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was going to be a roster of superheroes. Uh, Captain America is not a playable 
character in that game. No, he's not. But you can play as Doofledore, the generic looking muscle <laughs> guy with crags all over his body. And uh, I think that's garbage. You know, like if you're going to hinge and hook yourself on a brand, like I feel like you should lean into it. Now, that being said, I actually agree with you guys ultimately because I I don't like original heroes and Heroes of the Storm. Mm -hmm. I, I don't. I'm not a I'm not what you would lump in as a hater. It's just not my cup of tea. I, I feel like Heroes of the Storm is Super Smash Brothers. It's a different style of game, but it's the same principle. We're bringing these beloved characters and we're putting them in one place. And I feel like they've done a really bad job of leaning into that. And uh, original characters just aren't that compelling to me. That said, they put out Kira. I saw the kit. I saw the character. And I was like, man, that's awesome. Like, that's undeniably awesome. And I have severe questions for anybody that saw a cool sword and all these cool moves and everything and still went, no, I'm still mad. Mm -hmm. Like, if this character came out and they literally had a kit that could have been, I don't know, pick, pick any kit. If they were, okay, well, they walk around with a big mace and they can turn into a dragon and sometimes they explode from the ground and break everything and... uh their their ultimate is everything just blows up and falls apart and they divide the barons into two different zones like <laughs> and by the by the way their name is flim flam and they're an original character <laughs> like okay now you have a beef yeah. because you took deathwing and you made it something else right. this was them saying we have a cool idea we have a neat concept we put it in the game we think you guys will have fun with this and that's literally what it is mm -hmm. And, and I think people need to just go, hey, you know what? That's cool. That's all right. I hope they get to my character sometime. Also, let that team have their fun. The rest of the Blizzard Pantheon, they get to create characters all the time. And sometimes they're new. Something's introduced and wow. We're like, oh, who's this guy? And then years later, we're like, oh, so cool. I love that guy. Let them have their moment to make something. It may not be perfect. And, you know, given the current state of things over there, maybe it's not. It's even less so because they can't do all the story stuff they were going to do. But let them have a moment where they can make a thing original. I have, I think that's not only a cool thing. I think it's important probably for them to have that outlet and not just be saying, well, I guess we did stitches just like a thousand other times, you know? Now, one thing that I did here and I'm going to repeat it and I'm totally stealing it, but I'll give him credit. I heard it from Kyle and I think it's probably the most valid criticism that I've heard about this whole thing okay. is he said, part of the problem is the way they announced it because they did a big tease for a character that nobody knows. They were like, ooh, look at this. Who could this be? Who might this person be? And it's a made-up person. Yeah. Like It's like playing that game where you put the card on your head and you have to guess who it is, but they invented the character <laughs> on top of it. And they're like, do that let's with have Orphea. fun. No, yeah, they didn't do or that with Orphea, right? right. They no, they were just like, oh, here's Orphea. This is cool. who she is. Yeah, so, it was a weird to tease. Yeah, yeah, we don't yeah. We shouldn't do teases. I agree with that. We shouldn't do teases if we don't know what it's gonna be. Yeah, <laughs> I kind of agree. Thing. I kind of agree. It's Dilbert. It's Dilbert. Yeah. <laughs> it's really an odd decision. Oh, but, please don't put in Dilbert. You know, I, I think she looks like an awesome character. I wish we live in a world where I know Bo says it's not important. I nerd out for this sort of stuff. I wish we lived in a world where I got to know more about who this character was beyond a couple of sentences that they've typed. Yeah. Um, you know, that's, 
that's one thing that you know is kind of a, a part of the situation we're in but it's the world we live in and she's an awesome character and her tease included a Predator 2 reference. Yeah, I don't so, begrudge people to lore. Fine. And it is important. It's just, you know. It had a total Predator uh, 2 reference. Forgot about that. Predator 2 is not a very think, good movie. I think there's, but... there's something to, like, just, you know, having. We know so much about everything. I think it's just nice to have little mysteries like that. That's yeah. All. But, I, I mean, mean, when I saw it, I don't begrudge anyone who wants to know more about their favorite character. When I saw this, the, the preview or the tease, I went, that's probably an original character because I don't recognize what that is. So that's okay too. A lot of people said a Nixia. I don't know why. I guess because it's the purple. I think they saw a boob. They, they saw a boob. <laughs> that's it. The Nixia. Yeah. It's the only <laughs> thing I associate with this. <laughs> she had. <laughs> it's in her aspect form of a boob. Uh, <laughs> she disguised herself. Yeah. I mean, I, I saw that actually somewhere. Somebody said, "Oh, that's a that's a girl." I bet it's a Nixia. I saw that in a tweet. I'm like. Really, I mean, this, this the online community for heroes is crazy. Can Remember be. the whole Deathwing thing because mm-hmm. of the scratch, the Diablo scratch on mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. wooden wall. Yep, yep. Like, like they do the teases, but honestly, we're a little nuts too. And I think, yeah, people should just uh, own that and say, yeah, we are kind of nuts when it comes to our guesses. It's the way things. it works. The way it works. All right. I feel like they said Deathwing is never coming either. Probably. I know. I've believe. said Deathwing is never coming. I don't think. I don't think we're ever getting Deathwing. I don't either. I agree. You don't. You can't do it justice. Right. You you just can't. There's too much pain and agony involved. You you can put it on a map. He could be a map component. Yeah. But like, when are they going to give you Deathwing and that's going to feel okay in the game? It would have to be the whole map. Like the map would have to be flying on his back. Yeah. Right. Something like that. If they do it, like, because you're not going to feel good if you're walking around as dude Deathwing <laughs> and then he turns into a shadow every now and then and lays waste to people. And even if he does, he's going to be balanced. And in theory, he should just go and everything should just die. Bleh. But that's not going to happen. <laughs> you know, Deathwing's famous line. Yeah, I agree. I think I agree. It's it's going to be a letdown if you try to do him. I got killed by Deathwing Cataclysm. It was really annoying. Yeah, you got an achievement for it though, right? I yeah, did. but it just didn't look like much. I was flying in his own and I just died. Oh, like, <laughs> <laughs> like I Deathwing. I'm like, I thought you meant really? during the raid. I thought you meant in the raid where no, you no, fight just him out in the open world zone. If oh. Deathwing like happened to go around your zone, you just get killed. That's not in the game. I anymore, still but... I still got one of my favorite bows out of that. Deathwing raid. I still use it for transmog, and things awesome. It was a fun fight and pulling scabs. Up. Remember fight. that pulling scabs off his back? I was freaking rad. So it was good. cool. Yeah, it was definitely memorable. It was cool. It is significantly less cool if you try and solo it these days. Have you tr- have you tried to solo that? By oh, no, I imagine it's now? impossible. Is it hard? It can even do it. How do you do that? Scab. You can do it, but you have to run back and forth constantly. Oh, that sounds. You bad. have to run to the left side then the right side nonstop. The entire time you're on there. That doesn't sound fun. It's take, you can probably do it easily with two people. Yeah, take a friend. Take a friend. Yeah, take a friend. Uh then kill each other over the mount that drops, which is why you're going. here's the other problem. If they did a Nixia, I'd be irritated because they would put in lines like more dots and they'd do some Leroy Jenkins <laughs> crap. You know what if would. he was an announcer? What uh, if they got that guy to come in and be an announcer? I don't think I want it. <laughs> <laughs> 
though. Do I? Do you really want Ooh. Leroy Jenkins or the? Okay, you mean the more no. dots guy? Oh, I mean okay. the more dots guy. Okay, that guy I could deal with. He's he could use a little more Mimi. I'd be fine with that. You know who we're talking about, <laughs> Just right? Bo? As soon as you die, I you died so. because you didn't know what the to do. <laughs> <laughs> He He's just so bleep good. it. He's the best. Here, this guy. I'll play just a taste for those who've never heard is it. He's the DKP guy. Yeah, he's the fifty DKP minus. Odd groups got left. Even groups got right. That means one, three, five, seven left. Two, four, six, eight right. Seven and eight are well groups. Okay, listen right. up. You are going to DPS very, very slowly. Now, and by slowly, I mean f***ing slow. He's <laughs> <laughs> gonna have to bleep so much of this. That's alright, I'll go bleep it out later. I love that guy. He's my favorite. He's the meme that, uh, Leroy Jenkins, who cares, whatever. But that guy, he's great. And by that, I mean he's terrible. He's kind of terrible. But that's what makes him great, is that he's terrible. Alright. It's uh, also not as overused as Leroy. Oh yeah, that's my main, yeah, that's my main thing. If there's ever a meme or a thing that's been ground into the dirt ad nauseum, it's the Leroy thing mm -hmm. at this point. This is correct. Uh, she comes with next week's patch, which includes updates to Storm League and season rewards. I thought that was today, no? Or yesterday. It is, but this is last week's episode, if you remember. Oh, right, because we didn't have an episode. We ended up doing some other things. Yeah, we yeah. moved it to this week. Yeah. Uh, John well, explained it all in a very clear tweet. He did. <laughs> yeah. He did. You're right. Uh, well done on that. Okay, here's this then. Let's talk about games we played this week. I have been playing a lot of a pre-build, or not pre-build, a, a press build of Rebel Galaxy Outlaw, and I really like it, and I think that game is rad, and it's going to sell really well, and it should, because that developer is is good. Uh, that game's great. Any questions from you two about Rebel Galaxy Outlaw? Anything you want to know? What do you want to know? I mean... I've asked you so much, but I feel like I should do it for the benefit of the show. Well, I have uh, legit questions because I don't know anything. Okay. Is it 100% in the ship or do you get out of the ship? You get out of the ship, but you don't control while you're out of it. You go to a station and your lady walks up in view as she enters like the big promenade of a station. And then you have menus down there that say missions and blah, blah, blah. And if you hit missions, she then walks up. It's all very close up, too. She walks up to a terminal very cinematically. And then starts plugging stuff into this terminal machine. Beep, 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 beep. And you start selecting missions from the missions that are available on the terminal. So, yes, she is out of ship talking, gesticulating, uh, you know, interacting with the world. But she, but you're not, like, walking her around. You're not controlling her directly when you're on the ship or when you're on the uh, uh, a planet or on a station. Okay, a I have question. a question that is going to be very obvious that I already know the answer to. But All here right. we go. All right. Scott, Rebel yeah. Galaxy. Yeah. I remember that game. Now, that's 2D in space, right? Well, it was like, uh, you know, a naval a naval game where you're riding, like, let's say you're on a boat and, you, and you're uh, going around the ocean doing missions. That's kind of what that was. It had the illusion that you were in vast, endless space, but you were on a 2D plane in the way you would be a naval battle game. And so you're, you were kind of in this one flat, you know, you only ever flew front, back, sideways and rear, but there was never any, let's go that way or down. Like it was, there's no up or down. Uh, this game, well, it depends on how, how much you either dislike that or like that. 
but they've rectified that if that's how you look at it in this game this has full 360 degree go anywhere any place sort of control uh if i had to compare it to anything i'd say it's a lot like you know tie fighter or something like that uh in terms of you know movement or whatever but yes it's, it's so to answer your question it is now fully uh uh traversable whereas the last game was set on a plane you mentioned tie fighter how many escort missions have you done so far? uh none so far i haven't done a single escort mission i suppose they exist but i haven't done them i've been going mostly for sort of smuggling and transport missions because they get you quick cash a lot of those are in the same system that you get them in um so there's a lot of that going on because uh, right now I'm just trying to earn enough money to get my next ship upgrade because I need that to continue the story part of the campaign and there is a big storyline to play. Uh, so, so yeah, I, I, they're probably escort missions. I have either luckily not had one or have avoided them if they exist at all. Any others? Bo, do you have any questions? Is it a permadeath game? Uh, yes, you if you play it insurance? on... If you play, if you play it on uh, what's the mode, veteran, I think it is. I think your death is permanent. Uh, okay. But in most of the modes, you that is not the case. You you do not die permanently, and they don't do that insurance thing or lose your ship or any of that. You just kind of start at the last auto save or or manual okay. save. Okay, have they meaningfully improved the game over the last one? I think so. Yes, uh, I, I think in a couple of ways that are really important. Number one, the um, there's way more to do like the actual missions are way more varied and interesting and um, take you all over the system or systems I should say they've they've uh, themed this is a prequel by the way story-wise and uh, this is the same Juno chick that you interact with in this first game but you're playing her in this one and you're kind of running around kind of female uh, Han Solo all over the universe and the universe is basically a big take on the Southwest, but other parts too. Like you're in the Texas system when you start. Uh, it's named that. There's a there's a station called the uh, I forget. It's named after some Texas old old town, Texas town. Um, so it was El Paso. It's like that. There's like uh, you can go to the Kansas system. You can go to uh, all these ones that are named after states and then cities within those states. Like the Topeka station is a great station to go get missions at. Um, you can join guilds and do more missions for mercenary type stuff or more missions for like the traders guild thing. Um, all that sort of stuff. They do strip away a lot of like, if somebody's coming to this from like, um, uh, uh, elite dangerous. Okay. The game strips away a lot of the stuff that, that, that in that game, if you're a really hardcore sim fan, you might find fun, but the general population of gamers probably don't find very much fun, which is, awkward landings and difficult sort of uh newtonian physics in space and and all of that this game skirts around all that and just leaves you with the fun stuff the dog fighting the sense so of progression the ships explode they don't implode uh, they explode but there's uh, i mean there's some cool it's always the big anachronism about space combat is that things explode that's what we love so much about Battlestar Galactica is that the ships actually didn't explode right in space because they, they go, were, and they make hardly any things sound. Things don't explode. It's a vacuum. Things don't explode in space. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and th and this 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 goes more much more like a 
cinematic approach. It's it's definitely trying to have more Nothing fun. wrong with that. I'm just, just wondering aesthetically. And the music's all, uh-huh. Burn, I went to the side of the road and it burn, burn. Like, it's all honky-tonk and, and rock and and the ship's dirty and crusty and banged well, up. Did and, we talk about this already? I think we did. I think we talked about it. I was, the, I was excited about it. Well, I like the it. aesthetic of the, the hillbillies in space because, I mean, the most racist and unknowing people the most backwards people, I'm sorry to say, tend to live out in the middle of nowhere, right? They just, they don't brush up against other cultures or different lifestyles as much. There's a lot of, they're the other, they're mm-hmm. evil. It's a bit of that. And space is like the country, but in space. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's just large swaths of nothing in between different civilizations. Like, they're not, you know, they don't live on Coruscant where everybody's different. They live... In, in El Paso space station. Yeah. And it's called like, you know, I mean, there's space truckers for, it, you know what it is? It's Jim Rayner, the space game. That's what this is. Like all that yeah. Jim Rayner stuff he did in Starcraft where he'd walk into the bar and talk to Tychus and everybody talks like this. Well, Jimmy, I don't know. Yeah. Like that is the game. Like they're the tone of the game. Like it's very Terran, uh, not military, but Terran rebellion fe- feeling throughout, I think. Um, and for me, that's a good thing. I really, I really like it. So are you okay, playing yeah. with no a controller right? or mouse and keyboard? I've tried it both ways. I prefer controller, um, in this particular oh. case, but the mouse and mm. keyboard are fine. They're fine. It's not like a problem or anything. Uh, but... Multiplayer? No, single player only. Just a big single player sandbox. Um, like the first one that was that way as well. And How's combat? Com- feel good? combat feels real good. Yeah. And there's lots of assists if you need them. Like uh, if you want to have a lock on mechanism, that's a little more forgiving than than not. You can do that, but you can manually change all of that. You can you know, start the game with certain settings, change it later if you want. Like there's a lot of give and, give and take there. You can be inside the ship's cockpit. You can be outside in third person mode if you want. Like they give you, give you lots of options there depending on the, your style of play. Um, how open are the missions you're taking are you pretty much structured into kind of following a story or is there a way to say like i'm more into like you said you were kind of into deliveries and stuff like that what you know can somebody be more into smuggling or mining or combat or things like that uh, absolutely in fact the ship i want is a big great big smuggler ship that's just this honking behemoth um that's so big you could park a house in the freaking cargo bay um, I don't have it yet. It's still, I think it's 2 million credits or something. I'll get it eventually. But um, but yeah, you can kind of play the way you want to play. I mean, the story stuff is there. And in theory, you do want to progress that. The story's interesting. I really like it so far. But if you're just like, oh, I want to go just knock out missions for funsies, you just go to stations, grab a bunch of missions, go do them. New missions pop all the time. Uh, you get a bunch of loot, very Diablo-like when you've killed a bunch of ships and you tractor beam the loot back to your ship, take it into one of the stations and sell it. Uh, make a bunch of cash that way. Go back out, do a couple of bounty missions. The uh, bartender will tell you that there's some kind of cool bounty to go do. You go do that. Come bring back, get the reward. Like there's lots of ways to play it. And like I said, there's multiple guilds. You can join that kind of a, a particular focus in the bars where you talk to the bartenders and they give you these uh, bounties and advice or tell you they heard about something and then it'll put something on your map to go do. Um, the bars themselves have mini games. So if you want to hang around in there, the, and it doesn't matter what station they have of these various games, but there's like a dice game that you can play against this alien and earn money. If it's basically gambling with this, this alien, you can earn some credits or you can play 
slot machines, like straight up just slot machines. Uh, there's a game that's basically Asteroids. It's a ripoff of Asteroids, but it totally plays great. Like it's a great little Asteroids ripoff. And you can just sit and play that to your heart's content. There's pool. So you can play pool in there. Like dumb, it seems dumb, but think of like Red Dead Redemption or The Witcher with uh, when he would play cards. It's right. like this extra thing you can do that is really well thought out and well made within the game if you are so inclined to do weird stuff like that. You don't have to, certainly. Um, but it's got all that kind of stuff. Um, there, You know, in the old game, if you wanted to get from one side of the sector to the other, you just had to put on put the engines on high burn and go, right? And yeah. then get there. And sometimes something would get in your way. It's like, oh, beep, beep, asteroid in the way. I got to go around it or whatever. Or there'd be a distress call and you'd get sucked into that or something. Distress, distress calls still exist, and so do, uh, you know, obstructions in space. But if you are going to a certain point, it no longer makes you slow travel there. You can just lock onto it and hit quick travel, and now you get this, like, cinematic view of your ship going, and, then it, and now you're there. You're just sort of there. And at first I was worried about that. I'm like, is this going to just cut down the game in time or whatever? But now I really appreciate it because there's a lot of going to different gates and different systems. Like it'll take me four jumps to get to the Minnesota system and pick up a thing there and then get back in time to turn it in and get my money before the timer runs out on that particular thing. And so to do that, you have these these moments where you can fast travel and not have to just sit there and, and just, you know, go. Yeah. So for people who are looking for like highly realistic sim, they're not going to find it here. 100% not your game. If that's what you want, if you want like at least tonally kind of a StarCraft II, Jim Rayner, uh, Firefly, Han Solo kind of vibe, very much that's what this is, and that's I like it. Super cool. Yeah, I like it a lot. Rebel Galaxy Outlaw, and it comes out the thirteenth. Thirteenth, I think, is correct. Tuesday, and uh, will be available on the. Epic. No, I've, they no, gave me. Scott's on a special list. I got a. I got a press really, key. I'm really sour. Let me tell it. you what pay, what pays off. If you <laughs> if you actually really like something and hype about it all the time on Twitter, not because you're trying to get something, but just because you like it. Uh huh. That's how I get these things. They'll write. They'll send me a PM and go, uh, "You're like a super hype monster. We'd love to have you try this out for as but a press." Nobody follows me, Scott. <laughs> you need to just respond to all those people and say, "Well, you should check out Core." <laughs> And it has two other people on it. Yeah. <laughs> and just that, that should be your default response to all inquiries. But then Bo would have had to install it from the Epic store. I don't want to do that to him. Poor guy. All right. Well, Bo can be left off. The all right. List that's then. fine. I've installed the this. <laughs> I'm just teasing. I have the Epic store. That no, thing. I'll, uh, uh, that... Epic is unethical. They pay, give millions to underage children. Uh-huh. And they're they give free games away and they're undercutting the value of gaming sales from doing so. Yeah. And some people think they're tapping your phones or whatever for the Chinese government, which is fun to do. I mean, that's a conversation I had offline and I don't think we want to have it here. Maybe another week, but it really devalues games to give them away for free. I mean, it can, but I like a free game here and there. Right. Everyone likes a free game. It's not, there's That's no actually problem. what we were talking about right there's before we got to this conversation. <laughs> there's no problem with a consumer wanting a free game. This isn't a conversation to say any consumer's in the wrong doing it. The industry is not doing themselves any favor. In doing hey, this. hey, Scott. Yeah. You know what I like more than a free game? What? Free game early. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, 
look at it this way. Like that's different. That's not a free game. That's a game with the implied idea that you're going to promote it through viral marketing. That's a that's a marketing cost. Yeah, but here's what they do. They're paying the developers for that. So any copies they sell, they get compensated for us. They're not losing out. It works like Sony does with their PlayStation Plus thing when they do free games every month. Yeah, no, I know. It's still undercutting competition. Under and when you undercut super low, you ruin it for everyone else because you're the only one benefiting from undercutting. Well, yeah. The idea of undercutting is that you're trying to choke every everyone out of profitability, right? Well, everybody uh, other uh, no, my, take wow, my wow character is broke as a business <laughs> you're competing so you take a loss on everything until you can cause damage to the other company well right but you're you doing it under or get them out of your market yeah competitors meaning like they're they're undercutting steam they're undercutting gog yeah everybody well not everybody because like doesn't give away free games well that's what i'm saying is it in their direct competition steam and gog and i can't uh, i guess you could count Microsoft Store and um, Origin and whoever else. I can't think of any others right now. But they, Ubisoft, I guess, do Uplay. But they, they all get dinged by that. Yeah, so yeah, they're trying. This is how they... I mean, they, I'm not super concerned about it either. It's just, it's what it is. Like, you, right. when you are trying... You when you operate at a loss for long-term profitability because it damages your competitors, you're undercutting. Yeah, but they're not. They're actually not doing it at a loss, though. They're making so much money they can't stand it. They're not looking at it separately. They're, they're not, not going making money on the games they give away for free. No, but it doesn't matter because they got so much money coming in from, let's say, Fortnite as an example. They can take hits. Yeah, I mean, oh yeah, just... they can afford it for sure. Anybody undercutting should be able. Better not go out of business undercutting, or they've done something really wrong. Right. Uh, but that's what it is, right. and I just think it's not good for gaming as a whole. Like I can like. Um, I could go a whole year getting free Epic games and not pay for a game. No, that's as true. As long as I just play what's free, I don't ever have to buy games again. That's true on PlayStation Plus as well. Same on uh, Xbox Gold for games. Like everyone's doing a form of this now. It doesn't sound like a healthy situation for an industry to be in. But maybe well, I'm I mean, it's it's no different than like when you they when they sell a new console, whatever the PS5 will cost. Chances are that thing will sell for less than it costs for them to build them initially that they catch up over time sure oh yeah but they'll do that but they're not doing that to undercut competitors though well they're no they are because... they absolutely are because what they're saying is hey look how cheap our ps5 is despite the fact we're losing money on it because it's a loss leader we know that if we sell enough consoles we'll make it up on the other end with game, with game sales and we'll undercut they're all, our competition. They're all taking losses right also yeah. most people aren't sitting there going Wow, I got a free game that I had no say in which one it is. Time to not buy another game for the rest of my life because I'm getting a free one every month. Yeah, that's the other thing. And I'll just roll the dice. Yeah, sure, someone can say that, but not everybody's saying that. No, most people, most people. There's no problems then. (laughs) Well, no, no, no. It's like if you go to a store and they say, here's a free sample, or, you know, you're in the mall and you're in the food court and the Chinese place says, free sample. And you go, okay, cool. And you take a bite of whatever weird duck they have then the idea is that you could go there every day around lunch and eat samples and live. <laughs> you could survive. But their, their thinking is, hey, maybe he'll buy here. If not this time, then next time he'll remember how good that was and he'll come by here. Yeah. Like, that's oh, no, I know why they're doing it. I yeah. know why they're doing it. I'm just saying they're doing it. They're yeah, they're definitely kind of doing it. Oh, yeah. They're, they're, they're doing bought, it they're sure. bought, Like, And it's not only them. I mean, Steam does it with the Steam sales as well. Like, The fact is that like, we have these situations like loot boxes and microtransactions because we're not making money 
off the box sales because we're undercutting each other like crazy yeah it's literally what you're describing is competition the question is is any of it uh unethical or unfair or any of those things and i don't know there's a is a big I just question think about A that. drives B. There's nothing wrong with charging a low price. It's just if you're not making enough money off your box sales and you got to make money somewhere else. And we live in our DLC culture and where stuff isn't fully released at the time of release and, you know, loot box and all that other stuff. Yeah. That's I what... feel like if companies made enough on initial sales, we wouldn't have to have all this other stuff. That's true. Well, and that gets into the whole inflation doesn't happen the way with it happened with games the way it does with other products over time. For whatever reason, we don't, we can't imagine a game being more than $59. Like that just seems insane to everybody. Yet all other inflation goes up and video games are stuck there. So they have to come up with all these other ways to make it. And they're not paying for boxes and manual printing and, you know, cartridges. Like it's, I don't know, man. I just, if they're doing well, they're doing well. I just thought it's always like, it strikes me as weird. It's that's a little all. weird. That's you know, for Nintendo sure. Nintendo isn't doesn't do that to themselves. Yeah, well, for the that, most part, Nintendo's prices stay at Nintendo prices. Nintendo so. is able, and Nintendo walks the line that Apple does, and I'd even argue Samsung does with their handsets. They are a premium product, and people are willing to do it, and they and they hold them in a certain kind of brand regard that they're able to do it. So they they don't operate at a loss. They'll sell a Nintendo console for a profit. At launch, they don't do loss leaders like everybody else does, but they also don't do cutting edge consoles either. So they're able to undercut without actually undercutting. Like it's, it's a, I wish they would all compete on that level as well. I think that that's, it depends on who you are and what your market is. Like Nintendo's got a, isn't a unique place compared to, you know, Microsoft or Sony, even though they're the leaders. Nintendo's got like this just perfect little niche, man. It's just like, where are you going to get Mario? Right here, baby. That's it. You going to go somewhere else for Mario? Uh Uh-uh. It's right here. And you're going to pay us, and you're never going to see a deal. They're never going to have a sale where it says, Super Mario Odyssey, $15. Never in our lifetime will that be a thing. Oh, believe me, Scott. I know. (laughs) (laughs) That's why I don't have a Switch. Yeah, no, you're right. We talked about this very thing before. Um, Yeah. So it's... It's crazy and children really gravitate to those franchise characters with yeah because they're they great in a way that others don't and their daddy's got dad mommy and daddy got to buy the mario game not the knockoff mario from playstation or yeah. right nobody wants crash bandicoot i mean some of you think you do but you don't you don't you do until you get it and you then do. you realize you've invited him over purely for reasons that were unknown at the even time. The, even the good ones banjo kazooie great game still not you know, Donkey Kong or Mario or somebody. Banjo Kazooie's all right. It is good. No, I'm saying it is. It's a great game. Rare made some really good platformers, but it was still nobody's gonna nobody's gonna say, all right, which is more important to to video game history, Mario or Banjo Kazooie? You're gonna, you're gonna <laughs> say Mario every time. Yeah, but I I think I'm more interested in a new Banjo Kazooie game. Well, I'm I'd be lying if I said I wasn't. 
for one, it'd probably be on a console I could play. Right. Because <laughs> they don't own <laughs> Which it Which gives it a strong boost. Yeah. Uh, fair point. For two, I just, I could listen to Banjo and Kazooie talk all day because I love the way they talk. I hate them, the way they talk. I really what? do. What? You didn't like the... Bleh, 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 bleh. Yeah, not really a fan. And then Kazooie would pop out and just go... <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. If you get aggro... It... Oh, wait. Wrong guy. Hold on. Yep. That guy's still talking. Banjo, Kazooie... Hold on. Talking. Talking. All right, let's, see. <laughs> let's see. Oh, it actually has a whole bunch of stuff. All right. This is why YouTube can never go away. I don't care about all the controversies. You just can't get rid of it. Okay, Banjo-Kazooie voice set. Okay, that's Banjo. Yeah, yeah. Now let's, see let's see if we can find uh, Kazooie here. Let's get some Kazooie. Here we go. I hate it so much. Kazooie's great. I hate it. <laughs> it's good. Uh, it's a good game, but whew. got Mumbo Jumbo in there. That's get really jiggies. Really dumb. It's great. This is pretty Game's good. Can you imagine a worse torture? <laughs> Somebody pins you down, makes it see you can't move, and you just have to listen to that for like hours. Oh my gosh. That would just kill you. All right. Uh, where, where are we here? Oh, uh, sorry. It's taking me forever to get through my games. I'll, I'll just say this. Uh, Warhammer 40K in, uh, Inquisition. No, Inquisitor Prophecy is a way better game at launch anyway, than Martyr was. This is a follow-up to that, a standalone expansion, and I think I paid 17-something for it because it was uh, on launch sale on Steam, and I really like it a lot. It's Diablo as hell and set in the 40K universe, and I could just listen to those guys talk to each other all day long about the freaking Citadel and Ezekiel come to, you know, get to, to me, Ezekiel, things like that. Uh, everyone talking in like biblical terms and all hail the Omni Messiah. Like it's one of my favorite freaking things in the world and it's great. I like it a lot. So people can play that game. It's good. Uh, I also played a bunch of hard West, which is like XCOM in the old West, which is old. That game came out in 2015. I've just kind of been into it again. Uh, Enemy within two. I've been playing on stream uh, because someone bought it and like, they like to hear me scream. So I'm playing that. That's a horror game franchise published by Bethesda, originally written or written. Both games were written by the creator of the original Resident Evil 1 and 2 games. So there's some heritage there. And I really like the way that game plays. And it's scary. But I also really like playing it. Unlike the feeling I get with most Resident Evil games, they're so stressful because I can't fit anything in my damned inventory. Save rooms matter too much. Backtracking matters too much. This game's like those in the scary department, but the... I can actually have inventory. There's like level up skills. There's stuff I can do to like enhance my character. It's a little. You would more... have inventory if you could control yourself a little Freaking, better uh... when you played scary video games. That's part of the problem. This game at least like knows. <laughs> it feels like this game knows that and and treats me better as a as a thing. Uh, and then finally, uh, Heroes of the Storm. John, uh, how about you? You've been. Uh, uh, are you still uh, Final Fantasy fourteen still? knocking your door down or what uh i haven't played much of it i was i was getting ready to dive in and i got to a quest that was like go do a dungeon and it was just a point where i didn't want to sit there and find a group and go do a dungeon so i was like ah, all right i'm gonna take a break and i just haven't gotten back to it yet so i'm still in the 
100 quests, uh, the, the old bait and switch they threw my way before it gets good. Yeah. Um, so I, I haven't I haven't been back to it yet because uh, I got to go do a dungeon and then I should be back on track and things will be fine. But, you know, I had a it was kind of a rough past few weeks, both uh, during the weekend and the week. And so the only gaming I really did was playing Heroes with you guys. And uh, beyond that, I dove back into Diablo three, which is kind of just video game happy place right there. Yeah, so I agree. You just put it on, watch something on, you know, your iPad and you just play and yeah. it just feels good. And I, so that's, I agree. that's what I did this I, week. I know Bo did a little bit of that as well. Diablo three. I thought about hopping in. I don't even care to like, I'm not, I don't want to go in there to go hard on like a season. I just want to, just want to take my main out there and just feel the gold wash over me and, you know, blow up some bad guys and crank it up a little on the level and see if I can't get a few drops. Like there's, that is like that is like a happy place game for me for sure. Um, I think that's why that's my favorite Diablo game. I know that's sacrilegious to Diablo two people, but I think D three is a hell of a thing. Can't wait for what's next. I think Diablo three is infinitely more repeatable than Diablo two. So oh. I'll join you in the sacrilege. By far, of, more uh, saying that. Yeah, like a long tail experience. Way more to do than D two. D two is just play it over again. <laughs> Like that was all you got, and early on D three was that as well. But they've they turned this into a thing that you could just come back to like a like a nice warm bath and get back in again. Um, I just wish uh, I just wish Blizzard had had more faith in it because I would love another expansion. And I still think that if you look at Diablo three, there's strong evidence that they planned to put the Druid into that game, and it never happened. Yep. I mean, there are literally werewolf models in that game. That are there for random weird places that they added after the fact um, that don't get used anywhere else. You can see all the all the transformations the druid can do. Uh, you can see in little areas of the game that they've added to through patches over the years, and it just always to me felt like that was coming and never never happened. It's incredibly obnoxious that we never got that second expansion. They apparently had ready, not ready, but they canceled it before before even the first expansion was out just as the worst part of all the blizzard stories that we heard over the last few months the worst one by far in my opinion because it directly affected a thing we love and we would play right now by the way this is my asmr now this is from uh that inquisitor game check it out do you speak the language of dream riddles and dead gods there's so much of that in that game it's so good. It gets you to stop yelling at me. Yes. It's so good. I mean, that was just some random encounter, but there's like tons of cool story stuff. I'm this tech adept priest who's just like, you know, the guys that are so like, they're so, um, cyborged up. They're, they're more, they're more machine than dude anymore in that 40 K universe. And, and I got like a crazy eye and my legs are like spider legs. And I got little, drone looking turrets that chase me around and they're chasing around with me to shoot stuff and it's just really good anyway Bo, what are you playing i bought that by the way I oh you did have, it's still it's still being installed I, it's like 70 gigs or something it's pretty but big yeah i have it yeah it's big. i didn't pick it up i just haven't it you know when you install it but you pause it because you're playing a game and then i just haven't resumed it but, yeah. yeah when you do you'll have to let me know because i think you're gonna like that a lot like my 40k business yeah. i want to give it a try and it's not expensive so no and lots of diablo-esque things happening tons of loot 
you know, color coded, way better gun. This, ooh, look at this gun that dropped. Got to swap that out. Like that whole thing is in there, and it that stuff feels good. So anyway, uh, heroes, and then also what Starcraft two? What? What's this? I've been mainlining co-op commanders this weekend. It's pretty fun. Who'd you play with? No yeah, randoms. Mm. Not, I didn't play with anybody. I didn't we, know you we, could we do that. We were getting together, play games. We were playing heroes, so that was my off game. I didn't know you could do that. Can you just link up? You with can just the... queue up. There's always. I've never waited more than ten seconds huh. for another commander. It's a very it's active this. mode. Co-op commanders, I think, controversially, maybe, is the best mode of StarCraft 2. I don't know if that's like, too controversial. I, I mean, would say, like, it gets repetitive after a while in terms of there's only so many missions. and yeah. But that's part of the appeal, too. It, you know, I don't get sick of it. But at the same time, you're like, I wish there was more maps. Yeah, I just um, love it. And I love it even though the command, the first commander I started with is the one that is the only one I want to play. And I know I should try others, and I've kind of dabbled, but like I found my play style with my first commander, and I still like I just have such a blast even on the same map. I, and I mean, I, we kind of talked about that too, Bo. We we get in the maps, we hear Donnie Vermillion say the line oh, for the Egon's a hero time, now, right? and we still laugh. Mm -hmm. That I gotta see. Egon's a commander, and he his he has a, a science vessel that's named Gary. That's like super important, and um, he also has what was it like Egon? There's it's like puns galore, everything is like Egon Zine because he's high on Terrazine. <laughs> just what the biggest character development in StarCraft 2 is by far Egon Stetman, is yeah. he who's like a nothing character, very vanilla, maybe some kind of referential humor to Ghostbusters. Who, get, who somehow gets forgotten throughout all the campaigns and then get, is left on a planet full of terrazine, which is some weird space drug. And then he becomes this crazy madman hooked on terrazine and he's just the best character. Like, <laughs> I want him in heroes. <laughs> the only bad part about Kira and every other hero is that it's not Egon, who's now the best character in StarCraft. Hold on, though. He's... isn't Who's the guy that's the, in, in Brax's holdout in Heroes that's always going, oh, no, it's the freaking... Like Dr. Cook or something like that. Oh, it's, it's not, not him, then. That's not Egon. No, it's no, not no. this guy. Okay. You know this guy. Egon, like, he's talking about terrazine all the time. He, okay. He's like, his jacket's open. He's got these these cans of beer now like on the inside of his jacket and his eyes are super pink and blacked out and he, he looks like this he's, like, <laughs> like he's, he's a he's commander Jeez. all right what's that he's a commander? yeah he's just high on terrazine and he's like oh that's gary my science vessel wait is terrazine is, uh, what's terrazine there's a mission in wings of liberty where and i don't remember why but you go to some planet to get terrazine and i forget what it's for okay but it's not clearly not a drug yeah but somehow Egon <laughs> discovers that it is a drug and he's been trapped on this jungle planet the whole time that Heart of the Swarm and Legacy of the Void happens. <laughs> and you run back into him in co-op commanders. He's like, oh, man, I've been stuck on this planet. I need the tease for Terrazine. Wow. And he's just I mean, that's honestly. And the, the bummer is that co-op commanders, it's only two people. But honestly, Scott, you and Bo need to figure out a time for you two to play co-op commanders together. Okay. And you need to experience it. It's amazing. All right. it, it is the most fun I've ever had in StarCraft. I like it better than the campaign. Yeah. I like it better than the regular multiplayer. It's fun playing with a friend. I mean, that's yeah. part of it is that it's strictly co-op and not a single player mode, which makes sure. it fun. Yeah. It's so good. All right. I, I will take your word for that. That sounds awesome. I need to get in there. I keep saying that every time, but I'll, I'll actually really think about it. 
Um, okay. I think that's it. Uh, oh, an email. We got an email. Hold on. What, cool. Carter? Nick? What? Oh, did someone say my name? No. <laughs> okay. Sorry, I could have sworn I heard my name somehow. Is it the dog? Right. Hey, baby, I love you. Probably you the running game. Oh, my gosh, that's awesome. That's a good question. All right, here's your first email, or first and only. This is from Garrett Rodriguez of the family Rodriguez. He says this. Uh, he sent this to <laughs> frogpants.com frogpants slash core is where he did it. Uh, the email goes like this. Uh, core episode 186 and 185. I actually have had this email for a while and I hung on to it, but I keep forgetting to put it in, so now I'm putting it in today. Washington State resident here. I believe Costco's Kirkland brand is named after the Seattle area city of Kirkland, where Costco had an early store or HQ. Kirkland was named after some dude named Peter Kirk, and it's about as cool as it sounds, which probably doesn't mean very cool. Then he says... Hey, here's another thing. Maybe the Blizzard founders are just ready to be done. Talking about all these guys that have been leaving Blizzard. Did we talk about the Frank Pierce leaving? Maybe we did. We did. We did. All right. We did. Anyway, uh, that moment happens on a lot of jobs for a lot of people. I can't imagine the money you'd have to offer them to stay on, even tangentially, as Bo, as Bo suggested after that many years, uh, unless they have an insane gamer girl bathwater habit, is not about the money. Look at the doctors from BioWare. EA would have had uh, to open a brewery to entice Greg uh, Zeschuk to stay on as the face of BioWare. Uh, that's probably true. Bo is probably right about Diablo 4 loot needing oh. to be like, uh, what? What'd you say? Interesting side note. Those two guys yeah. who used to own BioWare. The doctors. They were given the Order of Canada. And I, I don't remember exactly why. I think just as good business leaders and responsible Canadians, but that's basically like getting knighted in the States or oh. whatever you have. Not in the States, but in the Britain. Yeah. Like the Order of Canada is like the highest accolade the government does to recognize great people within their country. Oh. I guess it's not the Purple Heart because it's military, but what's the highest honor you bestow upon Americans who go forth and do good deeds? Eh? No, we have one. It's called the, it's the Order of Canada. You get like, the, the Presidential Purple Heart is strictly military for valor and bravery. And I think it's the Presidential honor. Medal of Honor. I think that's what we maybe give. that's it. Yeah. yeah. So like those two guys were given that here in Canada, just because they're still doing business, just not video games. I think. Yeah, they're kicking it. They just don't want to have anything to do with their old company because EA ruined it. So. I wouldn't. I don't blame them. Anyway, it's just a side note that they're they're Order of Canada people. Well, and they all get the Order of Canada. And Doctor Greg did indeed go start a brewery and <laughs> is super into like making beer. That's his thing. That's what he wants to do. Yeah. Uh, Bo is well, probably you're oh, our Order of Canada. Yeah, you're our Order of Canada. Everywhere you go, you're an honor to have on our necks. It won't feel the same until the Queen gives it to <laughs> the Queen of I, Canada. We, no, the Queen of Queen Victoria. We're Commonwealth. Yeah. <laughs> the Wait, Queen she, finds the, off on everything, even if it's just Canada. in tradition. <laughs> they fly her over there. So to... all, all the Commonwealth countries like are answerable to in their government to the Queen of England. So she's technically my queen. Yeah, Queen Elizabeth the is his family queen. Yep. Is like uh, supposed to be important to us, except it really isn't. But that's Canadian politics—a topic for another show. That's yeah. Fine. Yes, We're all I have a queen to various queens. It's fine. Philip, Philip. Yeah. That's my impression. That's why. That's why you Americans are so great because you truly don't have any monarchies anywhere in your system. Oh, we have. We have respect. one trying real hard though. <laughs> as much right. as he tries, you don't have them. That's true. We don't. It's going to take a lot to shake that pear loose from the tree. Okay, uh, he does say at the end of this thing, 
Bo is probably right about Diablo 4 loot needing to be gone, but Grim Dawn and Diablo clone, uh, I'm sorry, to be gone, but Grim Dawn and Diablo clone has a possible solution. You can set loot filters so you only see the items you want to pick up. Keep up the good work, says Garrett Rodriguez. Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah, Grim Dawn's cool. I don't think we give Grim Dawn enough credit. I, I There are days yeah. I kind of feel like going back and playing that because that game's cool. I like Grim Dawn. It's because it has possibly the worst name in the history of video games. You don't like Grim Dawn? You don't like that? No. Why? Why not? It makes me actively angry for some reason. <laughs> what, do you just think it's a dumb name and not descriptive enough? Or like what? Because like, Heroes of the know. Storm is really dumb. That's a dumb name. I don't know. I'm going to agree with I, you. Heroes of the Storm is a terrible name. I'm glad the is. game was so good, but they could have done better than Heroes of the Storm. So is Defense of the Ancients. So is League of Legends. Like, they're all kind of dumb. No, I'm League of Legends is pretty. That, pretty I'm not good. saying that it's, it's the good. only bad name. I'm just saying it's the only name that I hear that makes me mad when I hear it. Like, if I was Bruce Banner, you'd say Grim Dawn and I'd turn into the Hulk. Oh, so and that's... I wouldn't be able to tell you why. I just, it happens. <laughs> okay. we're all entitled to our feelings. So no, I like that. Sure. I like that because I feel that way about the word gymnasium. If you say gymnasium to me, <laughs> I hate it so bad it makes me rage. I hate it. That's like an old Greek word, right? Like, I don't know. It's. The less I know about that word, the like, better. Keep you, it away you, from me. It's not like a modern world, like you know, gamer grill, right? I There's, hate you that. know that's like. Sorry, yeah, like we have ancient... gamer grills in our in our uh, community. They have a show Is called it... Gamer Grills. I don't like the name. It's not your fault. It's just a trend I don't like. That's all. Just be I girls. Mean, it's, it's stupid and obnoxious, but it doesn't come from ancient Greek or anything like that. Gymnasium is actually like just a Greek word. How about Wait, how about I hate that Greek word? How about laboratory? That's another one. When the parents, when you were, when I was younger, a teacher would go, "Do you need to use the laboratory?" It's like a toilet word. No, is, I is don't. Gamer grill just a pronunciation of the misspelling. Is that I, all that is? I don't know. I, that's why I don't it's, like it. It's not like a product. Uh, gamer grill memes. Let's see. I don't. Is this some anti-girl game thing? Because that'll piss me off. What's a gamer grill, Bo? Urban Dictionary. Here's what the Urban Dictionary grill. says. Grill is just a weird way to say girl, but it, the people on the internet think it's funny. It says oh. here, gamer grill, a word often used by boys to refer to a girl that plays video games. Well, that's all I needed to hear. I thought it was like Bear Grill's sister. Oh, how about this one? No, you've seen Grill before. How about this you? one? I just didn't ever hear it pronounced. I've seen it. I now oh, know what okay. you're talking about, okay. but nobody ever pronounced it to me. Oh, <laughs> sorry. John. How about this one? Fair enough. It's a good point. <laughs> Hold on. What about this one? Here's one. It says Gamer Grill. Noun. A female gamer, usually a catfish, extremely fetishized by 10-year-old boys who have just hit puberty but are too socially inept to talk to females in real life. In usage, I met this hot gamer grill named XX Fury sixty nine sixty nine online. I think I'm in love. Well, here's a theory. Maybe a if you stop saying things like gamer grill, you'd have a better chance of meeting one. <laughs> I agree. I agree hundred percent. Quit saying it and then you'll get more dates. It sucks. All right. Uh where were we? Oh, That's oh. it. That's emails. We're done. That's the show. Hey, that was awesome. Did you answer questions or oh yeah we answered everything didn't we 
I mean, he's. Yeah. We agreed with all that. We stopped between each one. Talked about the doctors. I about, I yeah. agree that Peter Kirk is about as cool as it. <laughs> oh yeah, we didn't address that. Yeah, Peter Kirk is boring, and so is the first Costco HQ. That's all very boring. But thank you very much, Garrett Rodriguez, and your understanding of the uh, Washington State Pacific Northwest General Region. Uh, that's going to do it for the show today, everybody. I hope you had a good time. I know I did. And uh, I think you might too, if you just keep listening. So keep listening to the show and you can support us by the way at our Patreon, patreon.com slash core show. That's patreon.com slash core show. Uh, appreciate everybody who does that. It's been a, it was a really good month in July. So we hope we can keep that up. August is still early. So if you haven't gotten in, you can great way to support this nonsense. Check it out. Patreon.com slash core show. Everything else can be found at frogpants.com slash core. That's going to do it for us. Any final words? John? No? Uh, I, usually you ask who you want to hear final words from. I know. That's why I said any final words? John? Oh, it cut out. <laughs> oh. it, all we heard was any final words. Oh, you didn't hear your name. Shoot. Okay. Sorry. No. Yeah. That was, so I did say your name. Any final words, uh, John? <laughs> you know, life's hard. And you can make a choice to make it easier. Okay. How be you... kind to others, uh-huh. and they'll be kind to you. Wow, this is wow, this is good. This is stuff I can use. I need to make notes. All right, very good. Uh, Bo, any final words? Uh, laboratory. Perfect. Now I want to gymnasium. It's the worst word ever. This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Frog Pants Network. Get more shows like this at frogpants.com. I think I'd be doing it a lot if I was going to do that. <laughs>